From the streets of San Antonio, straight to your wallet, it's Jake's Two Cents on Jake of All Trades. I'm your host, Jake Rivas, and this is Fact Versus Fiction, a weekly miniseries where I discuss common financial myths and the facts that prove them wrong. This series is brought to you by iFinancial, a financial planning firm integrating technology and personalized advice to help working professionals achieve financial success. So on today's Fact Versus Fiction topic, we are discussing emergency funds, emergency savings, and retirement savings, Uh, two very important uh, issues that need to be dealt with. We've talked about, I know on the regular podcast show, we've talked a lot about emergency funds and how important they are. So here's the fictional statement. There's really no long-term effect if I use a little bit of my retirement savings to establish an emergency fund. So that's not true. Let's talk about what some of the ramifications would be long-term if you decided to take that approach. When setting up an emergency fund, withdrawing money that you've allocated to other resources, just like retirement savings, can really do long-term damage to your financial picture. To to start, there's only two ways you could access the money that's inside of your retirement savings account. One is you could bust the account and take a premature distribution if you're younger than 59 and a half, which almost all my listeners are. So I'm talking to you. You're younger than 59 and a half. You've got to take money out of your retirement account. Then you just made a non-qualified distribution, which means there are some serious tax implications of doing that and penalties. Um, So that's one way to access the money. So if we think about it logically, if we're trying to fund our emergency savings, but we're taking money out of our retirement account and we're paying taxes and penalties... What good is it to then put it into our emergency savings account? Yeah, you may have it there, but you just paid a bunch of money to the IRS that you didn't have to. The other way that you might be able to access the money is if it's inside of like a 401k plan and your employer allows you to take a loan against that money. So some plans, not all of them, will allow you to take a loan against the value of your account. There are limits to that. But you can borrow that money and that comes back to you. And it's just treated just like a loan. You're borrowing from yourself. And then you go about repaying that loan with your normal payroll contributions. Now, the risk there is that you could face serious uh, tax implications and penalties if you default on the loan. And a way you would default on the loan is if you uh, left your job, because once you leave the job and you're no longer eligible to contribute to that particular retirement account, that loan immediately becomes due. If you can't pay it back, then the IRS treats it as though you just took the distribution and now we're back in the first set of uh, rules that I talked about in the beginning, which is you've taken a premature distribution and now you're subject to tax penalties, taxes and penalties. Again, doesn't make a lot of sense to then take that money and put it into an emergency savings. You're, so there are several ramifications in addition to tax penalties that you need to be aware of. You're robbing yourself of the advantage of compounding returns. So we've talked about compound interest in the past, which is interest that grows on top of interest. The more you have that continue, the larger your pool of assets becomes. If you're robbing yourself of that by dipping into it and taking a distribution out, you're pulling away from your base, which is then reducing the amount that that you have available to grow and earn interest. So uh, think of it this way. 
taking cash out of your retirement account is like stealing from yourself in your golden years. Because remember, we're putting this money in there for a specific purpose. So when I tell, when I counsel clients on retirement accounts, I always tell them, in your mind, you need to earmark this money for long-term use. It's not for any type of emergency savings. You are not going to touch this money for the next 20 or 30 years. That's what it's designed to do. So uh, the most common excuse for not maintaining an emergency fund is that you don't make enough money to save. But that's really not an excuse because know that you don't need to be putting away hundreds or thousands of dollars all at once into an emergency fund. If that's not what you can afford, it's not what you can afford. Starting small can work just as well. I always tell people, if you're having a hard time building your emergency fund, just set a goal of $1,000. $1,000 may not seem like a lot, but it can pay for a lot of life's unexpected uh, hurdles that may be thrown your way. Tune in next week as I tackle more financial myths you might not be aware of. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play and follow me on social media at Jake's Two Cents and check out my blog at jakestwocents.com. And remember, always make smart choices with your money. Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network. Member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Fixed insurance products and services offered through CES Insurance Agency. Actual performance and results will vary. These interviews do not constitute a recommendation as to the suitability of any investment for any person or persons having circumstances similar to those portrayed. Consult a financial advisor regarding your specific circumstances.